Sean Rima, 9 till 11. News Talk 550 KTSA and FM 1071. Six minutes after nine on News Talk 550 KTSA, FM 1071. I'm Sean. Welcome to... Well, <laughs> Take two. You know, I already got the short timers here. I'm taking off next week, so I'm going to be screwing up a lot between uh, today and tomorrow and Friday. Just letting you know. Uh, 210-599-5555. 210-599-5555. Wow. Uh, yesterday was a very interesting day in the news cycle. And uh, I'm going to run my mouth here for a few minutes, and coming up, uh, we'll, we'll play some audio out of Las, I th- what, Las Vegas with the president of the United States of America yesterday. <laughs> Uh, and I, I, you know, just very briefly, and, and we'll talk about all these other things here. Um, I, I don't know if you saw that yesterday. Um, one thing I've noticed about Biden, and this was my thought, it was painful to watch. And we'll get to the whole Donald, it's Donald Trump's fault, this, this little pesky immigration crisis. That's Donald Trump's fault. It, absolutely. It's all on his shoulders and those evil MAGA Republicans. He laid it out yesterday, or the script he was given laid it out yesterday in no uncertain terms. Donald Trump is to blame for the illegal immigration crisis in our country right now. But watching Joe Biden yesterday, I, I watched it live. It came on a little bit after I got home. Um, one thing you've probably noticed is that, uh, he very often will be in mid sentence and he just goes away. He just (laughs) gets lost inside him. He just goes away and, uh, and loses where he's at. He doesn't know what's going on. It's very obvious. You can see it with your own eyes. Like Groucho Marx used to say, who are you going to believe me or your own eyes? And what I've noticed is it, it, that that is that is happening more and more, where he is in mid sentence and he just trails off. It's happening more and more, and it's these pauses are longer. Um, and again, we'll play some audio here coming up. But uh, if you were watching that yesterday, and you'll hear it here in a little bit, he's in mid sentence, man, and he just <laughs> and there's nothing. He's gone. He's left the building momentarily. And then he'll sort of make his way back to wherever he was in the script or he starts, you know, speaking again. And the pauses are getting longer and more frequent. Now, I, I don't know it, what his actual freaking diagnosis is. And certainly none of us know, as it were, what's going on behind the scenes with this guy. But the other thing, because I, 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 he's incapacitated, in my opinion. And I don't know if he's actually got dementia or what's going on with him. We can't confirm that stuff at all. But a lot of you at this stage in life, like I have, have probably dealt with a parent who who you lost to dementia. It's a horrible experience. And if you went through that with someone in your life, you're seeing exactly what I'm seeing. In fact, the whole freaking world is seeing what we're seeing. And watching him yesterday, my thought that was bouncing around in my head is that is the president of the United States of America. And he very obviously is incapacitated. He's incapacitated. He he, he can't function. And yet they're propping him up and shoving him out there. 
Do you ever, you know, see something like that and and think about all the crap that's going on right now and and in your mind? Because I have this thought too: Am I living in some kind of science fiction novel? Is this is this really happening? I'm fairly certain I've seen movies over the years where the president really wasn't the president, you know, or or the president was, you know, not not really there, had some major issue, whether it was mental illness or something else, you know, and and, and yet they're just shoving them out there. I know I've seen that in a movie somewhere. We're living it, man. He's the now very obviously he's not making any decisions. He's not presiding over anything. He's not actually the president. If you think that guy is still the president, you're a moron. Uh, as I say all the time, you're either a moron or you're choosing not to see what you're seeing with your own stupid eyes. He is not the president. He is not the president. And if he's not the president, who is? <laughs> you know. Because uh, he's bad. And, you know, again, if, if you're being objective, you're seeing it, too. He, he, he's gone, man. He's going away. The other thing I noticed yesterday, it was very, it was very subtle. I don't, I don't know if you saw this or not, but when he started speaking, he had some energy. When he, when he came out, and just, he immediately jumped into the script and started speaking. You could see the energy level. And what you saw over a handful of minutes, maybe mere seconds, I don't know, because he didn't talk for very long. Uh, He had some energy at the very beginning, and then I saw with my own eyes that energy just diminish and almost disappear within minutes. You could see it. Um, He said he wasn't going to take any questions, and then he took some questions he gave completely nonsensical answers and eventually just and just you know walked off and i'm watching this again in my mind going that is the president because you know what whether he's doing the job or not and again i believe he's not doing the job he is the president of the united states of america which means we have a president of the United States of America who is 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 not able to do the job. He is not doing the job. He's not the guy. It, 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 how can you not think there is some kind of evil, weird plot going on here when you see the man speak? As I told Trey, they're in a really interesting position right now. Okay, uh, because, you know, again, I have no, this is just me thinking out of my own mind here. But we we are in the midst of a presidential campaign. We don't have, I mean, we still have COVID, but we're not in the midst of a pandemic like we were uh, in the last election. Um, They they can't, they're going to get to a point where they can't put him out there. But yet they can't absolutely keep him away. They can't do they can't do one or the other exclusively. He can't say he just can't be in front of a TV anymore because people are figuring out how how bad he is. But at the same time, you can't just lock him away and not have him appear at all. I mean, I I, I think they've got him down to the bare bones as far as his appearances at this point. He's do, they have him doing as little as possible. He is only doing what he absolutely has to do, apparently, in, in their mind. 
collective mind, in their Borg mind. Uh, and, and if you're not seeing a, a decline progressing and picking up and getting quicker and more profound, you, I don't know what you're looking at. But whatever they're going to do, they're going to have to do it fairly soon, wh- however they swap him out or whatever. I mean, yesterday was bad, man. Do you have that audio of, uh, do we, should we play that now or play it when we come back? I'm cool either way. Uh, Which one? The one of Biden uh, uh, where he's pausing and, uh, yeah. There is some movement, and I don't want to, I don't want to, well, maybe choose my words. There's some movement. There's been a response from the, uh, the, the there's been a response from the opposition, but um, it, it, yes, I'm sorry, from Hamas, but it seems to be uh, a little over the top. We're not sure where it is. There's a continuing negotiation right now. That's the president of the United States of America in the year 2024. So by your description, this was later in the speech? Uh, yeah. I mean, that because he started off pretty, he had some energy. Okay. And one of his first statements was the Trump thing. And we could play that at some point. You know, it, 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 it's Donald Trump's the reason. But you could see the, the, the energy level just dissipate very quickly. And he got to that stage very quickly in those comments, in those comments yesterday. Baby, he's the president of the United States. Every day between now and November, the American people are going to know that the only reason the border is not secure is Donald Trump and his MAGA Republican friends. Now, that's very early on. You could almost hear the dip in energy from that cut to the cut we just played. Now, we'll, we'll get into Donald. First off, Donald Trump, man, he is one powerful ex-president, man. He, he still maintains the border. Uh, he, he's got a lot of power, man. He, he, I don't know why the guy he wants to be president. He's already running things, according to, according to, to Biden. But man, the decline. I, I, I dare anybody listening who's a liberal idiot to call me up and argue against the idea that that man is in some kind of intellectual de- uh, decline and physical decline. I, I, I dare you to call me up and argue that he's fit for office. Two one zero five nine nine two one zero five nine nine fifty five fifty five. The 2024 race for the White House. Stay connected with News Talk 550 KTSA and FM 1071. And we're back. News Talk 550 KTSA, FM 1071. We played some audio from the president yesterday. Was he in Las Vegas, I believe? And, uh, yeah, he's bad. He's bad. And then we'll get to you know the black lesbian press secretary and what she had to say about it when Peter Ducey asked. But first, some calls. Here's Kirk. Kirk, how you doing? Hey, hey, what's going on, man? Hey, doing great. Hey, not much. Um, I had to step away from the uh, radio for a second, but I know you were talking about uh, our quote-unquote president. And I am I the only one also that he he tends to? I think I think that, that they try to sell his pregnant pauses, and, and, and yes, indeed, he's 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 definitely lost a step. As it almost as if he always has these sort of profound thoughts. You know what I mean? Like, well, that's how they, that yeah, that's people. how they try to cover as well. He's just a very thoughtful a guy. It's like, no, right. <laughs> it's, it's such a farce. It, yeah, it's like, come on, you quit blowing smoke. I, 
I see right through it. You know, there's there's nothing there. And, and, it's, then, yeah, and, it's, and it's very aggravating. It's very obvious. It's not even, mm-hmm. you know, you can't, if they want to make the argument also that guys like you and me are being partisan and we're MAGA guys. All right, no. No, no, no. Objectively, you tell me, not you personally, but you tell me that what you saw in Las Vegas yesterday is a man who is at full capacity to do his job as president of the United States. And I will laugh in your face can't do it's it. It's surreal. Oceanfront property in Arizona for you. Yeah, I'll sell you the World Trade Center, the Twin Towers, for five <laughs> bucks, man. All right, man, I appreciate the call, Kurt. Let's go to Chris. Uh, Chris, how you doing? Hey, good morning. Thanks for taking my call. Sure. I got a couple of things. Uh, first of all, uh, if something does happen with all these people that are uh, coming across the border and attacks us or shuts everything down, do we, can we uh, sue the Democrats? and try to get rid of the Democrats altogether because that's what they're doing to everything else that they don't like. They want to get rid of it. So can we get rid of them? <laughs> I wish. I, you know, I, and I, one of the aspects of this whole dialogue that you'll hear pop up here and, and here and there, and I think Trey and I uh, discussed this yesterday, um, you, you know, the, the, it's like this, this border bill. This isn't about partisanship anymore. This isn't no. about relationships and, and reaching across the aisle and all that crap. And that, Riccardi was talking about it last night. Okay, these are bad people. These are really freaking evil people, as far as what they're doing and what they want to do. And crazy. and it's kind of like Hamas in Israel. You you don't you can't sit across a table and have some kind of conversation with these people and and come to some sort of agreement. All right, like Hamas wants, you know, all of Israel and all the Jews of planet Earth to go away. The modern Democrats want all of us to go away as well. There's no compromise on their end at all. Yes. You yes. know. And then the other thing I have is I know y'all really don't pay attention to the commercials because y'all go take your smoke breaks, but there's a commercial <laughs> that you have to have that uh, would. It's a Hartford commercial, and it says that, that one goat saves a, a family and puts them back on their feet. Uh, I don't, dude. I. I'm just being honest with you. I I don't know nor handle any aspect of that. I I, I really couldn't even. I can't even comment on it. I'm just I'm just saying. Instead of giving a, giving money out from the taxpayers, why can't we just give them a goat? A goat. <laughs> I got you. All right, man. I think I understand. Are you my daddy? Stop it. I'm sorry. Try. I couldn't pass it up. Trucker Mike. You want to go? Oh, wait. we got to take a break. Uh, Trucker Mike, hang on. We'll come to you as soon as we get back, and then we'll uh, uh, dance on KGP's head for a little while. It's Sean on Newstalk 550 KTSA. How is President Biden ever going to convince the three-quarters of voters who are worried about his physical and mental health that he is okay, even though in Las Vegas he told a story about recently talking to a French president who died in 1996? I'm not even going to go down that rabbit hole with you, what? sir. What is We're going to go. Hole? Go ahead. He said go he ahead. talked to Mitterrand. Go ahead. In you saw the president in Vegas, in California. You've seen the president in South Carolina. You saw him in Michigan. I'll just leave it there. Go ahead. Go ahead. Jeez. Well done, KJP. Well done. You're really good at your job, man. News Talk 550 KTSA FM 1071. She went on to say that the president talks to millions of Americans every day on non traditional platforms. Or non-traditional ways. He he talks to us non-traditionally. Did you know, did you know that? Where's that going on? Uh, I'm just curious, KJP. Where, where's that happening? Where, where, where's he doing all this great communicating with the people in these non-traditional ways? I'm just kind of curious. You're a black lesbian. Two one zero five nine. You know what? Just very briefly before I go to tar- Trucker Mike. 
When, when, when uh, uh, you know, at the Grammys the other night and Tracy Chapman came out, she's a black lesbian. Yeah, she doesn't have to walk around telling everybody she's a black lesbian. She's a black lesbian. I was watching that the other day, or the other night, and I'm saying, you know what? She's a black lesbian, and that's cool. Cool for her. <laughs> she looks good. She's beautiful. Yeah, I but, wish I was a lesbian. But she's part of the old school yeah. gays that, like you tell all the time, they just want to have a life, and they don't want their wants to live sexuality life, be yeah. a point of discussion. Tracy Chapman didn't come out and say, hi, I'm a black lesbian. I'm going to sing my song now. Trucker Mike, how you doing, man? Yeah, how you doing, Sean? Hey, uh, let me ask you a question before I get started. Did you say you uh, you say you're not going to be working next week? I'm off next week. Yeah, I'm, I'm taking uh, a oh, week okay. off. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that's a bad deal. Yeah, I ain't got nobody <laughs> listening to. While I'm rolling down the interstate. Yeah, you keep me entertained from nine o'clock to ten o'clock. <laughs> I mean, to eleven o'clock. So yeah, I appreciate yeah. that. Well, Chris but does you know a great job. Sean, so. You know, some Sean, as I look at as I look at television yesterday and see Joe Biden. You know what he reminds me of is the old old Billy Ghost that's out in the pasture somewhere. That's that's what that loser looks like. It's just it's just the old miserable uh, Billy Ghost that that hates life, that hates himself, and hates America. You know, now he's don't got so bad now, John. I don't know if Joe Biden is just is just stupid or he or his mind is just gone. Now he got the nerve to say that Donald Trump is the reason why the border is open. That they stepped into a bad situation. No, Joe Biden—he's he, the one that opened the border up, John. He's the one that uh, stopped the border construction. He's the one that turned all the regulations that Donald Trump has set up. He erased all of them off the books. You are nobody to blame but yourself, Joe Biden. You're just a miserable old billy goat that needs to go away and then never be seen again. And I thank you for taking my call, John. <laughs> thank you, Trucker Mike. He's just a miserable old billy goat. Look, and again, you know, if you've been through the whole dementia trip with somebody in your life, you know, their personality doesn't go away. In fact, in a strange way, aspects of their personality are magnified. My mom didn't stop being my mom as far as her personality when she got she went through the various stages of dementia. Um, Joe Biden is an a-hole. He has always been a below average a-hole. He is, you can go back here. I started my talk radio career in Delaware uh, when he's a senator. Uh, and while, you know, the electorate may have loved his ass in a liberal place like Wilmington, Delaware, and, and Rehoboth and all that, uh, behind the scenes, it, people held him in very low regard. People who worked with him in the Senate, just, he, he's, he's an a-hole, and he's always been an a-hole. Uh, he, he's not a, a very talented human being. He doesn't have a great deep intellect. He's mediocre. And the way a guy like Joe Biden made his way through a political life as a very mediocre human being is he lied his ass off about his own life. Uh, he, he kind of goes with whatever the popular, uh, opinion is or take on any given issue depending on who he needs to impress or who he needs to continue to support his, his screwed up political career you know he's treacherous we've heard for many years you know he's, he can't trust him we we now know I think beyond the shadow of a doubt I know I gotta say allegedly but we pretty much know now that he's been on the take from multiple sources for decades as far as making big money deals behind the scenes 
whether uh, as VP that involves selling or peddling influence or policy. He did it. He's a corrupt piece of Delaware garbage. Oh, and a racist. He, he He's all that. He thinks of women as objects, just like he thinks of his own, like his own son thinks of women as objects. He's a foul, cretinous human being. I mean, he really is a, a piece of crap. With now, in my opinion, he's a piece of crap with dementia. <laughs> so you know, it, 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 he's got all the symptoms. I mean, it's it's pretty easy to diagnose what's going on with Joe. But that doesn't make make him just some sort of benign you know, suffering victim. I I don't wish dementia or anything of that nature on anyone. All right. I certainly don't wish it on him. But he is also an (laughs) a-hole. And he's always been an a-hole. Again, he's just now an a-hole with dementia, which is painfully obvious. And You know, again, if you're still out there trying to convince yourself that your guy is at full capacity or even at some capacity where he's able to do the job, you're either stupid or you're choosing that reality over the actual reality, which is what we all saw yesterday. Joe's going bye-bye in his mind. He he just ain't there anymore. Um, it, it, It should. It doesn't, but it should. And maybe, you know, based upon some of the numbers we're seeing, that this is happening as far as people waking up to what's actually going on here. But, you know, there's a whole lot of people that because he's their guy, they've either allowed themselves to believe he's all right, they're choosing to believe he's all right, but come on. We all saw it. We all see this every time he's in front of a camera. He ain't doing the job. It sh- my original point was it should bother every tax-paying American citizen, whether you're a Democrat or a Republican. It should bother you that the guy, let's use for argument's sake the idea that this was a legitimate election, which I don't believe it was. But let's just say it was a legitimate election. It should bother every single American, whether you're a Republican, a Democrat, or a big old I. That other people beyond the person who was elected are currently running the country. That should bother every freaking American in this country, and yet it does not. In fact, legions of propagandists within the media are covering for this guy as much as they can. But you know what? Even that's getting really dicey right now. Uh, unless you go full on AI, which they may at some point, I don't know. Two one zero five nine nine fifty five fifty five. What are you thinking about that? Um, now coming up when we get back, I I have because I've told myself, you know, if I see this, per- I need to acknowledge a citizen of San Antonio, and I'm going to do that next. Uh, I'm going to acknowledge. I want to acknowledge a citizen of this city. At least I assume this person lives here. Because they have given me a nice, good old, hearty laugh two days in a row, and I want to talk about that. Also, uh, some idiot bought a freaking lemon uh, at an auction house in, in, in England, jolly old England, yesterday, or the, within the past few days. They spent $1,800 on a freaking lemon. An actual, not a car, not an Edsel, uh, an actual lemon. Somebody bought for $1,800. I'll explain that happy crap coming up. The 2024 race for the White House. Don't mess with the women of America unless you want to get the benefit. News Talk 550 KTSA and FM 1071. 
And we're back. Newstalk 550 KTSA FM 1071. Coming up at 10.05, we'll get into the Jennifer Crumbly case. Boy, that's a toughie. A lot of moving parts there. We'll talk about that. And uh, right now, let's go to the phones. Here's Daniel. Daniel, how are you? Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Hey. Hey, you there? Yeah, I'm yeah. here. What do you think? Okay, okay. Now, I'm going back to how can the Democrats blame all the immigration problems on Trump? If you guys got to find a film clip with Joaquin Castro, he comes out walking down the little hallway up to a podium, and he says, point blank, that Trump was making it up. He was making up the crisis, that there right. was no crisis. I mean, you, we got to find God, that's that. That's an excellent point. Show it every day. Every day, every day, you got to show it. That's and, an excellent point, because at, at first, you're right, throughout the course of this, over the past four years, three years, they have acted like this isn't really going on. Now they're saying it's actually going on, and it's Trump's fault. <laughs> right, right. right. And let me tell you something about old Biden. If that guy falls and hits his head, baby, it's over. I don't even know if he's going to have to do that. I, you know, he, he's what I saw yesterday was worse than what I saw whenever you know the last right. time he appeared was. I mean, he it, it's happening very very quickly, which is what if it is dementia that does once it picks up steam, it it goes quick, man. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, you know, sir. Like I said, he it, uh, to fall down, all it takes is not even a not even a second. Oh Half yeah, second trips, boom. Yeah. It's over. Oh, you're right. Right. That's a good point. I got to run, Daniel. Let's go to uh, Scott. Scott, how are you? Morning. How are you guys? Pretty good, man. What are you thinking? Good. Hey, kind of along the lines of what the last caller was saying, you know, they have, in order to get him out or not have him as a political opponent anymore, they have to kill his name. That's the start. And they've been doing that for the past eight years or so. Okay. You look at any dictatorship. In the past, Iran, Russia, uh, Egypt, Venezuela, Cuba, any of those, they have always persecuted their political opponent. Absolutely. They killed their name and they assassinated that political opponent or put them in jail or whatever it was. People have to wake up and look at what's occurring in the United States right now. The border is horrendous. What this administration is doing to our country and what they're doing to Trump. Is Trump the best thing? No. He, but he's the best thing for the country with everyone that's currently running right now. Well, he's the one that's uh, yeah. going to bring this back for us. Out of everyone that's running, if somebody else comes up that's going to have something better to offer or better to do for our country, great. People have to say, set aside what you feel about Trump. Is he the right person to run this country? Yes. Is Biden? No. Right. He's absolutely not. Don't, 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 in other words, don't overthink it. Just believe what your own your own eyes are say, are telling you. Of these yeah. two people, people who needs people, to be president, Donald Trump does. Yeah, people yeah. need to wake up. This this country is headed right. towards the same path. They're on the same. We're on the same path as Venezuela, Egypt, all those countries that had dictators. I agree. Uh, past and future. North, look at North Korea. I, I agree. I got to run, man. I, I absolutely agree. And I, I think more and more people are waking up. You know, the, the big question is what are they prepared to do to keep Donald Trump out of office? That, that, that's kind of a big old question we, I think we're all asking ourselves right now. I, I honestly don't believe anything's off the table. That's just me. I think they're horrible people, they're villains. 
Um, I want to uh, single out a, 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 a citizen of San Antonio, Texas. At least I assume this person lives here. I, I've seen Don and James. I, I think I mentioned this on Where and Ron. I've seen this person twice now on Loop 410. And it's a person in a little green VW bug. Not the new fancy schmancy yuppie kind that came out in the late 90s. I mean the actual original old school little Volkswagen Beetle. Okay, I believe it's green. And on the back windshield, in very large letters, it says, Back off a hole. (laughs) (laughs) And I don't see this person in my neighborhood. I see this car go by me on 410. I have seen it two days in a row now. So this person obviously is on the move around the time that I'm going to work. Right. And I don't know who you are, but if you happen to be listening right now, I think you're a badass. You, 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 that's, I hate people riding my bumper. I hate people riding my ass. And this guy's taking a stand, whoever this person is, or lady. But I just want you to know, you to know if you're listening, I saw your car. I saw the, the words on your winch, on your back winch, you know, your back window, and, and I just think you're cool. And I want you to know that. Because people on 410 sometimes drive like morons. They drive like morons. Well, I know this individual is not Hispanic. Why is that? Because their last name's not on the car back window either. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. That's funny. And true. Possibly a honky, yeah. (laughs) Yep. You know. What font? likely a white guy. What font is it in? It's not in like the font you see on people's knuckles. It's it's, it's not in tattoo font. Okay, it's oh, okay. not in like yeah. I got this across my forehead. So I'll, because so you'll know I'll freaking kill you. It's it's not that guy. It's I I don't know, but it's just I, I don't know why I like people that stand out. I like people who are going about it by their own drumbeat. You know what I mean? And this person's obviously had some issues with people riding up on their back bumper and decided to take action. And I think that's cool. I think it's badass. I don't know why. I hope he's listening. I hope they're li- or she, whoever. You're cool, whoever you are. Your little Herbie car with, with, with the a-hole in the back there. I, you're badass. I don't know who you are, but you're making a point. You're having right. an impact. You know what? Nobody was following that guy. That guy didn't have anybody riding up on his back bumper. I, well, yeah, I, gave, I, gave, him, I gave him four uh, you know, vehicle lengths of safety. What's right. that? He's driving around in a 1968 Volkswagen Beetle. Yeah. He's got nothing to lose. No. <laughs> he doesn't care. He doesn't care. <laughs> and maybe the only damn thing this person does care about is the damn Herbie car. You know, you don't want, right. you, you don't want to get into an accident and lose his beautiful little bug. Yeah, don't get so, any of your stank on that thing. Don't get Come your on. stank. Don't be riding my ass getting your stank on my Herbie car. Back off, a hole. <laughs> I hate It's probably some. Old white guy looks like Ken Barry from the Herbie movies. <laughs> what was the other guy that was in the other Herbie movies? Uh, the actor, I can't remember his name now. I loved the Herbie movies when I was a kid. Oh, yeah. They were great. Big time. He's a freaking living little car, you know? <laughs> and he wins races. Then there was the uh, there were the knockoff Beetle movies called Superbug. Do you remember those, Don? I don't know if you remember those. Superbug were German movies that were ripping off Herbie. And Superbug was like a secret agent. It was a little VW Beetle that could climb walls and, you know, stuff like that. <laughs> but it wasn't the original Herbie. 
It wasn't the OH, was the like original fast Herbie. Fast and Furious decades earlier. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. And I'm saying, as a member, a solid member of the Herbie generation, I think I saw the third one at the movie theater, okay? Whoever you are with your little VW bug, I think you're a badass. And I hope I see you again tomorrow morning. How does that make you feel? Two way on back there. <laughs> right. 210-599-5555. Let's take a little break, and then we'll come back. we got to dive into this crumbly case. Oh, holy crap. <laughs> yeah, this is a toughie. Should parents be held legally accountable as far as being criminally charged for the actions of their kids? That's the big old fat question in this one. And uh, uh, we'll kind of break it down. I haven't followed this case, frankly, very, very closely with all the other crap that's going on. But at the end of the day, there is a very interesting question that we need to ask. That's coming up next on News Talk 550 KTSA. Sean Rima, 9 till 11. News Talk 550 KTSA and FM 1071. And we're back five minutes after 10 on News Talk 550 KTSA, FM 1071. I'm Sean. Hi, I'm Sean. And, uh... Phone lines are open, 210-599-5555. I, James, I know you all got a lot of calls on this one, and I certainly want to allow. This is one of those stories where everybody's going to have an opinion on this, and I want to talk to some folks and get your thoughts. Um, talking about the Jennifer Crumbly case. Well, the they're being tried separately, but Jennifer and James Crumbly were the parents of Ethan Crumbly, are the parents of Ethan Crumbly, who, as you know, in 2021, uh killed four students uh, and and injured seven others with a gun that his parents had helped him purchase at Oxford High School in in Michigan um i again i haven't followed this case all that closely but i know the basic circumstance the basic uh, info the basic uh, points of this uh this kid had had a lot of problems. He, he'd been talking about doing a shoot him up for a while. He was making weird drawings where he was killing people. Uh, it, apparently, he and the parents are actually called in to talk to administrators at the school. Uh, and he actually had the gun they had helped him purchase in his backpack. Uh, parents left him at school. Despite, apparently, he made a... Didn't he make a video or some? thing or he you know he made several statements in various manner of uh, of you know he's that he was going to kill a bunch of people and the i guess they were concerned at the school uh the parents the crumblies let him stay in school and on that day he did this mass shooting uh, he's obviously in jail and is going to be there for the rest of his young life he was 15 at the time that this happened uh, well, as you saw yesterday, Jennifer Crumbly is now the first person in American legal history to have been charged with involuntary manslaughter. But they both have been charged. They both have been found guilty of, of, of involuntary manslaughter uh, in the the deaths and the injuries committed or, or committed, yeah, by their son. They've been found culpable culpable to a certain extent involuntary manslaughter it's never happened before uh and uh how do we feel about all this um (sighs) wow i've been thinking about this for a full day now since this stuff happened on tv yesterday and we all watched it um certainly i guess you could make an argument a legal case based upon what we now know uh 
I, you could make the argument for it. That doesn't mean that I'm all that sure in my mind that they got it right. I, I, you know what? I'm going to do the worst thing a talk show host can do and say, you know what? I don't know. I don't know if they got this one right. I don't know if justice was served. It may have been. It may not have been. I, I, I would have to. This is one of those cases where I'd have to be able to peer within the skulls of the parents and and get exactly what their thinking was. And I, none of us can do that. Um, but they certainly had an argument to make. Um, I, it's now a matter of the record that when he, I guess, was doing this, she was the mother was texting him, "Stop, Ethan, stop." And you can take that two ways. You can take it that, you know, maybe she was shocked and didn't know that this was going on or was going to happen and she was trying to stop him, or she was well aware that he was going to do something like this. But the larger question is, you know, should parents be held legally responsible if their kid does something of this nature? Um, If you can show, right, James, you'd have to show a pattern if you will, of knowledge, n- having the knowledge that something he is planning something like this or talking about it a lot, you know. But then it's still, then you get in the territory of, well, you know, had they taken him home that day, is it possibly just would have done it some other day? I mean, I, I, I don't know, man. This is a dicey one for me. I, I went on the side of, yeah, she should be charged because he was a minor. At the time, yes, he was. He they had to purchase the gun for him. See, that's I think where they really get into trouble. And they didn't properly secure the gun in their home to where the minor didn't have access to it. I think that's pretty much the the, the nut of it. But if you're going to say they got justice or justice was served, I think from that perspective is the the best point to make. Now, what I also said was, if they if she gets like six years. I think that's excessive. Yes, yeah, I don't think she'll get a lot. I think she should get uh, like a three-year probation, something with a firearm education or something, because she didn't pull the trigger, but they did help the minor obtain the gun. They did, and sometimes in the sentencing process, they might want to make an example. So you never know. It may go that way, too, where they say, well, this is how we want you to know that if you buy your kid a gun and you don't secure it and your kid's got problems. Mm -hmm. I don't know. The larger question, though is this is now a precedent. One thing we have to embrace about our legal system is that precedent really carries a lot of weight down the road because other judges can point to this case and say, well, <laughs> you know. Well, Trey brought up Or the, trial you know, juries or whatever you want to, whatever it is. Trey brought up the analogy about the car. If it's your car and your name and your teenager takes a car and commits a crime. And Elaine and I both were like, well, you have a state driver's license, so you are legal. That's on you when yeah, you're operating the car. In that situation, no, I don't think the parents would be would be culpable. If you're having a booze party at your house. You're culpable. And you give your kid a bunch of alcohol and your kid goes out and kills somebody or somebody else's kid who's in attendance at the party does it. Well, yeah. Um, but the gray area is the the, you know, this idea that your par- the parents should be legally responsible for their kids if they commit a crime. I really think, first off, I do agree that it really kind of depends on the individual case. Uh, But again, as you point out, we are dealing with minors. Because it's not really a question if he's a grown-ass adult, if he's over the age of 18. Right. Um, The word Trey was using was slippery slope. Is there a slippery slope here where you're going to start going after parents 
uh, in situations where you don't have even the amount of evidence you have in this one. Possibly. I don't know, man. It's a dis- it's a, it's it's a toughy. What's, what state? <laughs> it's a really tough one. Is Michigan? Michigan. See, they uh, like their guns up in Michigan. Yeah, I mean, kids probably have had access to guns for hunting and all that stuff all the I, time. You know, I, I, you know, I, I again, I, I, like I said, I think they had a case to make. Um, but uh, she, she hasn't gone on the trial yet. Or has she? Yeah, she's they're been convicted. convicted. They're, they're, this is some, they're now they, they go to sentencing. Okay, he's being tried separately. The husband, James Crumbly, uh, each are charged with four counts of involuntary manslaughter uh, in the deaths of the four students. Um, I, I will say this, and I don't know if this plays into this situation or not, but of the responsibility of parents and their kids, and, and how their kids turn out, and what their kids end up doing. I do I am I am seeing a lot just around just being in the world uh a kind of disconnect between parents and their kids and it kind of breaks two ways it's either my little cherub can do no wrong and if you think there's something wrong with my kid or my kid did something wrong you know you're the person with the problem I see that a lot uh, or, you know, frankly, uh, there's a lot of kids who are diagnosed with some pretty heavy stuff that they may or may not have. It's either, okay, my kid didn't do anything wrong, or my kid has a, has a diagnosis. My kid has a, has a disorder. Um, but in, in both cases, as I observe this in my life, I'm noticing mom and dad don't really take any responsibility. And I think that's a larger issue than we realize. I think that idea is a larger issue than than we realize. Because you basically, you know, the kids are getting screwed over left and right. I'm not saying this in any way, shape, or form to justify what Ethan Crumbly did. But Ethan Crumbly may be the far edge of what I'm describing that maybe you and I are seeing a lot more when it comes to not only just minors, but young people in general in their relationship with their families. And their and their parents, and what's going on there, um, and we can get into that a, a little deeper. Again, I, I know I'm I'm not really coming up with any kind of definite opinion on this because I I really don't have one. It's really a tough one as far as to come up with a static opinion on this. Again, they had a, a great argument, had a, had a great case for for the manslaughter thing based upon what we know. Um. You know, but uh, what does that mean for cases down the road? Uh, I do think it's kind of dangerous territory. Um, I, you know, I, I don't know. My my whole thing, and I said this earlier on the show, and this isn't about minors because I, I really think this kid being a minor, this it it all hinges on the fact that he was a minor when he committed these, this act. There's a whole different responsibility. When you're dealing with a minor, it is weird. Also, though, I will say this, and this came up on Where and Rima, uh, and I, Trey brought it up, but I'd, I'd had this thought as well that when it comes to the kids, where right, we 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 believe they're autonomous enough to agree to have their own bodies surgically mutilated on this in this whole gender tranny crap, but a lot of the same people also believe that same kid is not nearly responsible enough to own a firearm until they're like 25. So everybody's playing some kind of game here with the kids. Uh, as far as this case, just I don't know. It's just it's sad all the way around. Chris, how are you doing? 
I'm pretty good. How about you? Pretty good, man. What are you thinking? Oh, actually, this is going to sound really strange coming from a parent who has kids. Um, my wife actually helps out with school and everything like that, but we're running into a unique situation that kids are actually watching the news. They are greatly informed nowadays, and they're holding their parents hostage through situations like this and going, you will do what I say, you will do what I want. Does that make sense? It does. It does. Um, there's really big. You're seeing. You know, frankly, you're seeing this in in the employment world as well with th- this these kids being employees. They really suck at it, and, and there really is an idea that you're here for me. Uh, and I want to. I gotta take a break. I want to explore that a little deeper when I get back. Again, I don't know if this really plays into this case. But it is something I think we should talk about. 210-599-5555. The 2024 race for the White House. Stay connected with News Talk 550 KTSA and FM 1071. And we're back. News Talk 550 KTSA, FM 1071. We're talking about the Jennifer Crumbly trial or, or sentencing, rather, which is going to be come up, coming up. Uh, her and her husband uh, have been charged with four counts of involuntary, involuntary manslaughter because their son, Ethan, uh, went into his uh, high school uh, after meeting with par- his parents and uh, and school officials or administrators on November 30th, 2021. Killed four students, injured seven, and they have been charged with involuntary manslaughter because they purchased a weapon he used. Uh, apparently they were aware uh, of a lot of the stuff he'd been saying about wanting to do this, wanting to kill a bunch of people at his school. So it, more than likely they got it right as far as this case. Um, but we're, we're drifting off into, you know, the parental responsibility thing. And I I think what's happened in this country, and I'm going to be totally honest and maybe you'll hate my guts for saying this. I don't know. Um, there's a style of parenting out there and I, I probably have been guilty of this myself that we just don't want them to be upset about anything. And rather than upset them, let's just give them what they want, make them happy. Uh, which is the worst thing you can do with a, with a kid as far as your relationship with them as a parent. Um, so I don't know if in this situation it was, well, yeah, you know, Ethan's really unhappy and he's doing a lot of weird stuff, but, you know, let's just try to make him happy. And he wants a gun. Let's get him a gun. And I guess guns have been a part of their his life. I mean, it wasn't a one-off. I mean, he'd been around guns for a while, apparently. But I don't know, man. It's a toughie, as I keep saying. Here's Mary Jane. Mary Jane, how are you? Um, I'm comparing this to the the man and the woman that the dog attacked that man and and the dogs killed them. Right. They're That's they're liable. They're liable. So it's like um so now people are liable if you don't take care of your dogs and your dogs are roaming around and I don't know. Right, but I mean in this situation you know, certainly it's conceivable. It's not likely that a par- parents, a parent would have a kid and be unaware of whatever issues they're having. But I guess conceivably you could say a kid could be, could seem fine and then walk in and shoot a bunch of people. I, I, I don't know if I agree with that, actually. Now it's coming out of my mouth and I'm hearing it in the air with my own ears. Uh, there, there almost always are signs that something is going on. 
Uh, and this kid was pretty vocal, apparently, about what he wanted to do, whether it was doing drawings or videos or postings or what have you. Well, the same thing happened with those dogs. It seems like well, yeah, been, you know, I mean, yeah, it's, it's they, a fair point. Re- yeah, they had been reporting them and reporting them, and they never took action on it. And right. it, it and it's a shame that it has well, to go that. Way. Yeah. I, I think if your kid. Because you're right. That's a fair point. I appreciate the call. I think if your kid is is saying anything of this nature, it should always be taken absolutely seriously. Unfortunately. Um, I think it's also important that we figure out why this is a thing to do. I, I, we, we spend, as a society, the culture, we spend very little time on that. We, we sort of toss it some stuff about mental health, and we need to do something about mental health in America, and blah, blah, blah. But it almost invariably comes back to gun ownership, and and that's really what the focus is. Why are young people doing this? The stuff I've read tells me largely it's inspired by social media and wanting some kind of infamy and wanting to be the center of attention. Uh, I know it sounds psychopathic. Why? Because it is. But again, school shooters are the far edge of something I think we're seeing every day. Uh, to a greater or lesser extent, um, why are they doing this? You know, uh, but well, then again, why does some kid eat Tide Pods? Why do they, why why do they do all kinds of weird crap for TikTok videos and stuff like that to be somebody? And I don't think we're addressing the social media aspect of these kinds of crimes as much or as deeply or as profoundly as we should because you know what we're all high on that drug we're all doing it so in a sense if we if we have to start admitting that one of the reasons young people go into a school and shoot everybody or as many people as they can is uh, because of the impact of social media on their lives well then we also have to start looking at our own social media consumption yeah so i you know I don't get it, but one thing is certain. This is an option that comes up in young people's minds. Uh, Eric, where am I? I guess I'll take a break. Yeah, we'll take a break. I'll come back and talk to you, Eric, so hang on. 210-599-5555. 210-599-5555. It's Sean on News Talk 550 KTSA. And we're back. News Talk 550 KTSA FM 107. I'm Sean. I'll take a call on the crumbly thing, and then we'll... Talk about the $1,800 lemon that somebody bought in freaking England uh, over the weekend. A lemon for $18,000 or $1,800. Eric, how are you? Good morning, Sean. Hey. Uh, I'm not going to say who's responsible and who's not responsible. I don't have enough information. Right. But does not the federal government and school boards who refuse to listen to parents Say that when they have your children, that they are your chi- that they are their children. And mm. did not Hillary Clinton say it takes a village? <laughs> so you know, That's if a fair they would point. listen to if they would listen to parents at school board meetings instead of just running their own agenda, maybe things wouldn't uh, be like this, and they would actually change things in the children and. Teach them the right things. Teach them morality instead of this corrupt, you know, uh, 
political correctness. Well, it, and a lot of it's indoctrination. And, and look, it, 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 it's, it's not lost on me or anybody, I think. The, the very same people that want to hold these parents responsible, the very same people that say parents shouldn't be you know, involved at all. So, exactly. you know, make up your freaking minds. You know, so I, I, you know it's a hor- this is a tough case, man. It's a horrible uh, thing. I, I have no idea how that's going to play out. But, yeah, the, the hypocrisy, you could just fill an Olympic-sized swimming pool with the hypocrisy on this thing as far as some yeah, of the thanks. rhetoric surrounding it. I, I got to run, man. I appreciate the call. Thanks. I don't know, man. I don't know. I mean, I'm a parent, you know, and we're, we're very fortunate. We have three truly decent human beings as our kids uh you know i that having been said you know i i don't if one of my kids did something like this i freaking be in charge with something is the last thing i'd, I'd care about you know <laughs> i've been an alcoholic for my entire adult life you know i got enough parental guilt to uh uh carry through nine kids if i <laughs> i got i got parental guilt all over the place baby i, I do man my kid gets a stomach ache. I feel responsible. Uh, so I, I, it's a very dark and bizarre and bizarre case. But this is a dark and bizarre phenomenon in our world, and the the mass shooting thing, and it's largely young people <laughs> to find out why that's something they want to do. I think we need to get ahead of that. And that's the conversation we, need, we seriously need to have. And and again, I'm gonna I'm gonna go off on the whole mental health trip too. Okay. I think the whole mental health trip for some people is an excuse out of, frankly, just being a, being a crummy parent. We've expanded the diagnostics on things like clinical depression, bipolarism, even autism to the extent to where pretty much any kid and every kid can fall into one of those diagnoses. And, and you know, I, I, I do believe parents need to take more freaking responsibility for their kids. Because what's happening is we've allowed, this is, I'm going to say this about Gen Z, and it's not all of them, certainly it's not every single kid, absolutely, all right? But by and large, they're a generation of children. We have, ra- we have allowed to enter into the world, and we've let them go out, into whether it's the propagandists in the school systems, or mommy and daddy just aren't involved, or what have you. They're a generation of children. And, uh, you know, uh, I'm not exactly sure how they're going to make their way in the world uh, as as they go through it. Um, We talk about entitlement and stuff like that. You know what I've noticed? It's really not even entitlement. And I'm not saying anything specific about my life or anybody else's life, just as a general observation of the younger generation, folks who are still in high school and now making their way through college, some of them getting out of college. Just, Just look at that generation of people for a moment. All right. It, what I've noticed is it's not so much a a sense of entitlement as a sense of I'm a kid and everybody who's older than me has some kind of obligation to me to make me happy and to give me what I want. Uh, and it's 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 the direct result of what I call dude parenting, where I want my kid to think I'm cool. I don't want my kid to be upset about anything. My kid can't do anything wrong. And nothing's my fault. <laughs> you know, uh, you know what we're looking at with the Crumbly case, and, and any case where a kid does something like this. Like I said, I call it the far edge of the, of what I'm talking about right now. The ultimate act of self absorption and entitlement for a young person 
is to go into a public place and start taking lives. Because in that one, for that one moment, if you survive or until it's over, you run the world, man. You're you you're you you're the most powerful person in the world in in for the for the length of time uh, of the time that it, it takes to commit your crime. And all I'm suggesting is we need to get ahead of that and look at that stuff. Uh, because until we do, we're just going to keep pumping out generations of, of young people that, you know, this is who they are. 210-599-5555, 210-599-5555. Now, the lemon. James, you're a, you're a foodie. How much would you pay for a lemon if it was a really good lemon? Like an actual lemon, not a car, but a lemon. A lemon. I'd say $4 at the most. $4 for... It, and it better be a big lemon. With, like a very and, good lemon. And not all the seeds in there. That always right. ticks me off. Uh, we have a lemon that was purchased in Newport, England at Brettles Auctioneers and Valuers for $1,800. It was it was it was bid on, and the top bidder got the lemon for eight. It's an actual freaking lemon. The reason the lemon got, you know, a, a price tag of eighteen hundred dollars, it's two hundred and eighty-five years old. It's a two hundred. It's older than Thomas Jefferson. This lemon, essentially a fruit cup, is is older than one of our founding fathers. Brettles sold this cabinet from seventeen thirty-nine. Uh, for forty bucks, <laughs> it's actually really funny. For forty dollars, they find a freaking lemon in this thing that, for some bizarre reason, but you know that predates preservatives and all that, and you know uh, artificial crap we pump into our food. Now it's just a freaking lemon that made it two hundred and eighty-five years. It's a little brown, might be a little tart, you know, a little gamey at this point, but apparently it was given as a gift to somebody. And they think it was given like a dude gave this to his woman to to let her know how much he loves her. A freaking lemon. They speculate it might be from India. From India? Yeah, I was I reading got you an article. Lemon, you know, it I wasn't mean, just any old lemon. It was, it was a, an imported old lemon. It was an imported lemon, dude. Right. Do you I know think, how hard it is to get lemons from India in 1739? Apparently right. pretty difficult. <laughs> you need a freaking ship. <laughs> you know, a big honking sail ship. I, uh, I, you know, I, I, I think this is, Don, you're a married guy. I think this is a trend that we ought to cycle back around to. I, I, I think, you know, uh, Valentine's Day is next week. Right. Instead of getting, the, you know, my, my wife, you know, like $200 stretchy pants, you know, like uh, with the footies, like they, the commercials every year, you know. Get her some jammies, you know, that kind of crap. Or whatever money you put out. Why you, let's go back to fruits and vegetables. Get Georgia some celery. You know, sure. I, I'm gonna I'm gonna get uh, my wife, uh, you know, maybe a guava fruit, you know, or some yeah. kumquats. I'm well, just saying, cool thing. and this could work out great for me because I have fruit, some what? I have some bananas in the kitchen. They've got like another day or two left before they're no longer any good. So by this time next week, which is Valentine's Day, right? Perfect for gift giving. Right? There. I got you some bananas, baby. Get a sharpie and write a love note on it. There this lemon somebody had carved into the lemon a love note. I'm I'm not I'm SNU negative. They why can't we do I'm going to I'm going to what what should I I'm going to get my wife a gourd. You know, I don't know. I a melon, a honeydew. I'm just going to carve something nice. I love you, baby. Why shouldn't we be able to give each other fruits and vegetables? It's so it's a tough economy, man. Everybody's struggling. 
Yeah. Give lemons this year. A nice summer squash. A nice summer squash. <laughs> Here's my advice to you. If you're going to give your wife some old fruit for Valentine's Day, <laughs> make sure it's something small like a grape. So when she shoves it up your butt, it won't hurt as bad. <laughs> Come on. There goes the summer squash idea. Uh, yeah, right. Well, I don't know. I am surgically enhanced. <laughs> Out of you large objects, I'm sorry. Yeah. I'm just, you know, I, I I don't think that would go well for me. I don't think it'd go well for you, Don. I, you know, you guys no. are pretty uh, pretty advanced, but I, I still think if we either one of us, you know, first off, I gave my if I tried to give my wife a lemon on Valentine's Day, mm-hmm. probably pull a blade on me. I don't know. Probably things would get ugly really, really. Qu- oh no, you didn't. You know, but we'll see. Uh, two ones. <laughs> Well, good luck. I have no punchline to this story. I have no great ending to this story, but I just want you to know, in this crap economy, a mm-hmm. lemon, a 285-year-old freaking lemon, sold at an auction house in England for $1,800. Don't tell me these are not strange times in which we live. All right. 2105. Well, then again, if you go to a 7-Eleven and buy a fruit cup, it might cost you. <laughs> it's about the same age. Actually, the prices are actually kind of creeping up on 1785, you know? Yeah. I mean, now, uh, how do they know this lemon is is as old as they claim? Is there like some carbon dating going on? <laughs> you know, perhaps we could prove that it's 200 years old. What do they do? How do they figure out the lemon was that freaking Well, they they right. because of the cabinet it was in. Oh. Maybe some, uh, you know, uh, woodworker at some point just, you know, got lazy with his lunch and just kind of left it in there in like 1987. I don't know. Forgot it was in there. I was laying on a glaze and I stopped for lunch and just left my lemon in there. All right. Two, we, Elaine, you we had be some, careful where you leave your lemons. Well, we had some just great saying. lines earlier about if you have somebody you don't like and you want to give them, you know, like an ex, you want to give them something nasty, you know, give them a lemon and, you know, carve onto it, you know, you suck right. or something like that. I don't know. Yeah. Anyway, 210-599-5555. We'll take a little breaky-wakey. The 2024 race for the White House. I will tell you, it's not easy. News Talk 550, KTSA, and FM 1071. And we're back. News Talk 550, KTSA, FM 1071. I'm Sean. James has, uh, James, you have some uh, audio, con- uh, some additional audio. I mean, the, listen, listening to KJP yesterday was really just painful. How long? First off, the rabbit hole thing. How, how long are her press conferences? Um, not very long. At, le- at least the coverage. They, they, I, I watch them on Fox, mm-hmm. and they tend to just show when Ducey or Julie Heinrich asks a question. They show the very beginning, and then when they get to the Deuce or Heinrich, they, they show that. Then they tend to cut away. So I don't know how, they, how long they last normally. Mm-hmm. But it's probably, you know, beyond 30 seconds too long <laughs> because it's bullcrap. It's pointless. So well, what, do you, what do you have here? Check this out. Talk a lot, including today, about how the border wouldn't be such a big deal if Congress would have just passed your immigration bill on day one. Who was in charge of Congress on day one? <laughs> so it's been three years. It's been three, three whole years. More than three years more than a thousand days and look this is a difficult issue obviously this is a difficult issue and what we have said is that congress has to act right congress democrats republicans have to act but in those three years it is true that republicans have gotten in the way they just have peter they have consistently used immigration the immigration system the broken system as a political stunt that's what they've done 
What you just heard was an absolute lie. That was absolute bullcrap. And, you know, if if this really were the era of the great investigative reporters and, you know, and the Watergate era when everybody, all the, you know, Woodward and Bernstein were, were trying to make a name for themselves and they're, they're, you know, trying to figure stuff out. Now, yeah, they're going after a Republican president. But at least there was sort of a time where if somebody like a press secretary just absolutely lied their asses off to your face, even reporters that, you know, would support that administration would, would have said something, I think. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe that never we never had that era in, in American journalism. But my God. Yes, we did. What She's was, so full of crap. What was the old lady's name that was always... When she retired, oh, it was a broad. big... Yes. Was, uh, she, right, looked like a stegosaur, uh, you know, like a dinosaur. The chick that would sit in the front row, right. Oh, is I it Madeline? Madeline something. Stowe? Oh, she, she would, was great. She would ask, yeah. But you, you, what you just heard was a room full of people who were all professional journalists, and they just heard an absolute lie. And they're just going to roll with it. <laughs> you know what I mean? Helen Thomas. Helen Thomas, right. She was great. Helen Thomas was a lot of fun, man. <laughs> but, you know, I mean, she absolutely, when they say that, we inherited a broken system. I'm not going to go through the numbers. Trey brought out the numbers uh, on where and Rima of illegal immigration rates during the Trump era all the way up till now. Uh, when you when they claim that they inherited something broken or they inherited this situation now 99.9 percent of you listening already know this they're absolutely freaking lying let alone that really bizarre moment yesterday when biden uh, it's donald trump donald, you know if you, the the border crisis is absolutely donald trump's fault every day between now and november the american people are going to know but the only reason the border is not secure is Donald Trump. How so? How so? You know? Now, we had a caller earlier, I can't remember his name, but he brought up an excellent point, right? That for most of the past three years, what have we heard? Oh, that's not really going on. <laughs> that's a mega talking point. There's no crisis on the border. Uh, you know, I mean, Christians, that, that, we've been hearing this crap for three years. Oh, they're just making that up. Oh, you racist MAGA Republicans are just pulling this crisis out of your ass. You know, but then the numbers got so bad that they can't freaking deny it anymore. Now it's they inherited something. Now the, the, it's his fault. Now the crisis they said didn't freaking exist now exists, and it's also Donald Trump's fault. I mean, th- this is Orwellian, man. There's no reality to any of this. It's crazy. And every it, but there's enough people though who are out there. Oh yeah, <laughs> and she, Donald Trump. We inherited this from Donald Trump. Naturally, she neglects to acknowledge that if stuff wasn't peeled, you know, repealed, that Trump had in place, and Biden rolled them back. Right. Every, you don't need Congress to do that. No. Because you didn't have Congress when he took away Title 42. Those two dudes did that all by themselves. Look, DACA exists because Obama signed an executive action. He couldn't get DACA passed through the Congress. 
So he just did it. My big takeaway from watching Biden in all his feebleness, you know, uh, muddle through that script about Donald Trump's being the cause. I'm like, boy, Donald Trump is one hell of a powerful ex-president, man. Dude's been in the office for over three years. Somehow, Donald Trump, while he's under assault by multiple legal actions, is somehow magically able to control or not control the American border. He's one powerful, powerful dude, man, for being a... I don't know why he's bothering to run for president. Apparently, according to Joe Biden, he already runs stuff. MAGA Republicans are afraid. They're just shivering. They're so afraid. Donald Trump is also so freaking powerful. He just makes U.S. senators and congresspeople just shiver. <laughs> I got to vote against this because Donald Trump will beat me up. What a farce. Uh, you know... And what does that big, stinking, stupid border bill do? Does it secure the border? No. Quite the opposite. I I just, I almost wish they'd just be honest about it, dude. I I wish they would just, I I wouldn't have any respect for them, but at least I'd be able to keep down my freaking lunch if they would just come out and say, you know, we don't think we can beat Donald Trump, so we're just going to flood the country. Uh, with illegals and try to get them all, give them, look, we're trying to, we have a country. I, I actually would respect it more if they say, we have a country to save and we're trying to flood the country with new voters and flip states like Texas. But, you know, when they go on with this surreal bullcrap that somehow this situation existed before they came into power. And Donald it came, it rolled in on Donald Trump's shoulders. And oh, Joe Biden, he's been working seven days a week, 24 7, to secure that border. But these evil freaking MAGA Republicans are so afraid of Donald Trump. They're not, gonna, they're not doing anything. They're standing in the way. It's a freaking Twilight Zone episode, man. No president has done more. Yeah, and Joe's done no, no president has done more than Joe Biden has to secure the border. Holy crap. Again, if you believe that, I will sell you the Twin Towers for $5, man. If you genuinely believe that. Because if you genuinely believe that, you're a freaking moron. All right, have a great day. Uh, Thank you, James. (laughs) Elaine Rodriguez, our executive producer. Don Morgan, and my good brother, Trey Ware. Spread the love, don't be a jerk. I'm going down a rabbit hole. Bye. Bye.